Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Come on, side, 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 side. <laughs> Fortunate. Fortunate. Come on, son, the podcast. Fortunate. At Lover's Life. Fortunate. We're very fortunate. Hip hop. Fortunate to a lot of people. Curators, fortunate. People involved in it on any level, very fortunate. Welcome to Come On Son, the podcast. I'm the curator, the host, the uh, content provider. Ed Lover, Combat Jack is the overseer, as always, sponsored by CigarsInternational.com. Cigar Week here in Atlanta. I'm back in Atlanta right now today. Just got back this morning. I mean, actually this afternoon. Caught a flight out after work this morning. Got up about 4.50. That's uh, Central Time. My boy came in for the weekend. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot of shit together. Ran around. Smoked. Saw the sights. Partied. Went out. Did our thing. Uh, got up real early this morning, went to work, knocked that out, left a quarter 10.20 a.m. flight, Central Time, Eastern Time, that's 11.20, landed about one-something, caught the Uber, Lyft, whatever you rock, that's up to you, got in that joint, dropped me off at the crib, I said, Krista, who is my uh, producer, podcast, put all the shit together, do all the editing. I'm very fortunate to have her. Fortunate. They go that word again. Um, she said, you know you need a podcast for the day. I said, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotta get a podcast out there. Gotta try to be as consistent as I can. Words of the late great legendary combat Jack. Consistency is everything. Consistency is everything. My podcast is not on television. I ain't get a big deal like a lot of people. I ain't on television. ain't on Revolt. It ain't on, you know, Big Up, Nori, and the Drink Champs. Um, It ain't where Joe Button and them are. I don't even know the name of Joe Button's uh, podcast, but Joe has always been cool with me. 
And sometimes he talks a little bit too much, but he already knows that. And that's why he is where he is right now. It's no hate, no shade, just truth. And I'll get to Joe later. But in a different realm, talking about something totally different, not podcasting. But I'm happy that he's doing what he has to do because this is where hip-hop affords us. It affords us a life um, outside of just being whatever you were, a DJ or a rapper or whatever, you know, social media and and uh, podcasting and whatever. It affords everybody this different life. Like, we have influences now, fortunate. They go that word again. It's the word. It's the theme word today, fortunate, motherfuckers. Um, fortunate people can sell you things and you follow a lot of people and, and people get money from these different companies for being influencers, for showing you new products, again, you interested in stuff enough for you to go out there and make a purchase. But the hip hop has, has made us fortunate enough to earn an amazing living doing this, an amazing living, and for a long ass time. And uh, a lot of people you wouldn't think would still be here doing what they're doing. You know, the other day was, was a lot of birthdays. Nod's birthday just passed. Big Daddy Kane just hit a milestone. He's 50 years old now. Wow. Kane. The B-I-G-D-A-D-D-Y-K-N-E. Dramatic. Asiatic. Unlike many. I'm different. So don't compare me to another because they can't hang. Word to the mother. It's 50 years old now. Happy birthday to you, Big Daddy Kane. Absolute legend in hip-hop. Still doing shows. Still killing them. Went to see Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike the other night. No addition. You know, the break-off splintered group. I hear there's some internal beef, but I am not going to get into that right now. But Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Micah out, and their show is fantastic. Bobby looks great. That was the concern. Not what Ricky, Mike, and Ronnie was going to do. Whether or not Bobby would be able to keep up and whether or not you spend your money for fat-ass, sloppy-ass Bobby Brown that can't keep the steps and runs out of breath and smokes cigarettes on the stage and then walks off halfway through the set. But you spent your money to see him. That's not who you're seeing this time out. There's a felt. He still got a low belly. We all got that. That ain't going to win unless he works his fucking ass off and it's going to be hard with the kids and the businesses and all of that. But Bobby's pretty much in shape. And they look good. And their fucking set is always fantastic thanks to Brooke Payne. And they're doing their thing. But they have 40 years in. They reached that milestone I saw on Mike's social media. Shout Mike Biff, my man. Um, 40 years, no edition. We've been watching no edition, talk about no edition, 40 years. Fortunate, still working. 40 years of no edition. 40 years. So this music has changed. No edition is not on the charts right now. R. Kelly not even on the charts right now. R. Kelly is one of the greatest R&B singer, songwriters, and producers we've ever seen. He's not on the charts right now. But if R. Kelly wants to go out and do a show, he got to fight all the women that don't want him to do a show, which I disagree with. I mean, the man has never been convicted of anything, regardless of what you think, but that is your right. But he should be able to work. Um, He ain't been convicted of nothing, but we hold Tupac up and hide esteem, and he was convicted in a court of law, but I don't see nobody out there saying ban Tupac t-shirts, right? The court of public opinion is a bitch sometimes. 
And that's not even to throw shade on my man, because that was my man. That's facts, actual facts. Just think about what you said. But fortunately, R. Kelly's made enough music that R. Kelly gonna still do shows and still gonna survive and run DMC, so on and so on, so forth. Uh, Q-Tip posted a picture, they was all hanging out. I think Tip had a gig as a DJ. He's a great, fantastic DJ. Um, amazing DJ, knows the music like the back of his hands. Also, also listen to Tip on um, on uh, Apple Apple Radio. And here's a funny shit, of Six Degrees of Separation, the young lady that is producing and helping Q-Tip curate his show, a young lady by the name of Lady Shells used to work for me, actually at a radio station, Power 105 in New York, and then went on um, to Sirius XM. And now she's over at Apple Music, six degrees of separation, and smaller than that, probably one degree with me. She's doing her thing, and she's fortunate, and she's just continue to move and to progress, and, and to, you know, she's a fantastic DJ in her own right, and doing her thing, and I just love to see it, but look how long these people have been doing what they're doing and been successful and fortunate and changing the narrative of hip-hop and changing the narrative of the music business. There's so many unsung heroes in this business that's been around for so long. Like, you're not having RBRM look as good as they look or have a show the way they have it without Brooke Payne. Like, it just, it's just amazing. And then there's a whole lot of new cats that people are listening to. Uh, Little Duval, See the God, Angela, you know, Angela... Not even Angela Yee, Angela Rye, who's got her own show on the same platform that I'm on, the Loudspeakers Network. Young people that you see on TV and, and, and have an opinion and, you know, very ingrained in politics and hip-hop culture. Um, and I love them. I love them all, man. And I'm not throwing shade at anybody any way, shape, or form. But even if you do take it this way, I really don't give a fuck because you ain't going to do shit. But I'm not. I just want to make that clear. What I wanted to say is that we're very fortunate to be here and to be doing our thing. Very fortunate. Now, along with us doing our thing, along with us being voices and podcasters, we have opinions. And a lot of times, our opinion does not agree with the popular opinion. It's been that way for a long ass time. It's been that way. And especially with hip hop. Well, R&B, beef, is a whole different ball game. Sometimes with R&B, historically, they don't really go in the studio and sing songs about each other. They don't go in the studio and sing, fuck you, nigga, da-da-da-da. Like, R&B beef, I can remember, like, shit, probably, well, it still had something to do with hip-hop. It was fucking Tribe Called Quest was beefing at one point with the, with the whole New Jack swing with Teddy Rowling. I'm see, it had something to do with hip-hop, but it didn't really go on record. But hip-hop, you know, is, well, shit, look, Jay and R. Kelly. That was fucking hip-hop R&B beef. But it wasn't just R&B beef. Like, you don't hear about, well, that time, then Usher and Bobby Brown have some shit one time. But, yeah, 
Yeah, but Usher didn't go making fucking records about Bobby Brown. You know what I mean? He didn't make records about him. But with hip hop, that's a whole different ballgame. Like, take your man, Takashi69. I don't know the kid. Never met him. Um, he's making money. God bless him. Because of hip hop. He knows how to play the game of subpar music, but high profile social media world. So that makes him look super incredible, relevant. He's not a fucking dope rapper at all. I could say that. Um, not at all. But he makes music that has the vibes that the kids like. So God bless him, right? So he gets into this beef recently with Ludacris, which I thought was fucking ludicrous. Because Ludacris goes on to, uh, on Wildin' Out with Nick Cannon and them. And a guy comes on and he's portraying Takashi 69 with the multicolored hair and, you know, the whole ridiculous shit. And he has the double cups and he's slurring the talk and he sounds like Takashi 69 a little bit. And he says something about Nick Cannon. And if you had to do it again right now with Disturbing the Peace, which was Ludacris's label and movement and production company, would you sign Takashi 69 or Nick Cannon as rappers? He said, and Ludacris said, knowing what I know right now, I would definitely sign Nick Cannon because I don't know how long Takashi 69 is going to last. So Takashi 69 caught one of it, went on an Instagram rant, told Ludacris all kind of shit, called them irrelevant, old, suckers, dick, all that old fucking bullshit. And I don't even believe Ludacris answered this shit, which I thought was a brilliant move on Ludacris's part because Ludacris doing movies, television, television movie production. Well, they ain't fucking worrying about that kid. And plus, dude, honestly, you don't want to get into a verbal back and forth on record beef with Ludacris. You got it, You got too much stepping up. You need years of stepping up your skills before you even fucking think about talking to Ludacris, bro. I haven't even... Nah. I, I got to say, nah. I ain't heard you ever say anything that made me say, oh, shit, this kid is dope. I gave you your props for you caught the vibe. I mean, you caught it. So, you know, the kids like you, but when it comes to this battle rap shit, you better off not even fucking looking in Ludacris' direction. Like, that's a, that's a big mistake. So you could go on. You can't say you got more money than him. You can't, you called them, when you called them irrelevant, and you called them, yeah, you pretty much said Ludacris was an irrelevant, old, washed-up rapper, and you're fucking bugging. So, you're fortunate to even be able to speak Ludacris's name out of your fucking whack-rapping-ass mouth. And then you turn around, and out of nowhere, Eminem drops Kamikaze. So I'm listening to Kamikaze. And I go, oh my God, M is going to fuck ham, like hard as a motherfucker. He dissing all kind of motherfuckers, just straight dissing. Like people got it, like motherfucking Machine Gun Kelly. That because the reason why I noticed that one is because Machine Gun Kelly was the first one to answer, and everybody kept telling me Machine Gun Kelly came back at Eminem. Gotta hear it. You gotta hear it. It ain't bad. It ain't bad. Joe Budden got it because he said Joe Budden's name clear and concise, and I heard that when I was listening to it. But M rapid fire delivery, like, it's nothing you're going to take away from Eminem as a rapper. Like, 
the motherfucker is dope. He's just fucking dope. So I listened to Machine Gun Kelly's response. I'm not a big Machine Gun Kelly fan, but I'm not going to say Machine Gun Kelly is Takashi 6ix9ine. Machine Gun Kelly can rap a little bit, all right? He can rap a lot of it, actually. Not always my cup of tea. Um, I wouldn't put him in my top 500, but he's out there and he's doing his numbers and God bless him, right? So he comes back at M. I listen to the track. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, dude had little hooks and nice little jabs at M. You know, he said the same little bullshit that the young boys say when they're trying to get at us. Oh, geez. Oh, you old. Yeah, whatever, motherfucker. Because um, that's all you got. You really ain't got nothing. You can't say M ain't nice. So then M comes back with kill shot and spanks you on your ass. And then, of course, because he said Joe Button's name, he told Joe to shut the fuck up before he ends up in a body bag. Joe Button goes on this rant about Eminem don't say anything in his music. And, you know, he likes people that say something in their music. Now, Joe is dope on some of his mixtapes. Mood music, all of this other kind of shit. Joe has been dope on that. Um, you know, he goes, but Joe ain't on in the realm of Eminem, and I don't know why he thinks he is as a rapper. He's, no. Nah, bro. Nah. And a lot of people really got a lot of problems with Eminem because they think Eminem is... Got over because he white. Now, I would say that. I, I would think mostly being white might have helped him in some ways. I mean, white people buy the majority of music, and of course, they're going to gravitate towards one of their own. But I was one of the motherfuckers that was skeptical about Eminem when he first came out because I was like, hold up. Like, when he went at Benzino, I mean, when Benzino went at him, I was like, well, Benzino has a point, but Eminem is not the problem. The system is the problem. The system that's pushing white R&B stars in front of our stars like they've always done. That's that's the problem. You don't attack the person because the person is benefiting off the system. You attack the fucking system, right? So, listen to M spit. And I have to, like, when I first heard hi, my name is huh? my name is huh? my name is Rick, Rick, Slip Shady. I was like, ah, this is like novelty bullshit. But then I really start listening to the dude, and the motherfucker can rock. It ain't, it ain't no two ways about it. If you see M Freestyle, the whole shit he did on BET that time, and he gave it to Donald Trump, that shit was fire. Like, it's so many fire-ass lyrics that Eminem gave us over the years. It's just hard to say that the motherfucker don't say shit. Because part of and this is where I disagree with Joe Button. Part of hip-hop has always been bigging yourself up, putting a whole lot of words in, that's, and metaphors. That's part of hip-hop. That's always been part of hip-hop, stating how dope you are and tricks and plays on words and plays on sentences and shit like that. So on that part of where Joe Button say, I disagree with everybody. Everybody don't say something all the time. If you... Could you really go back and say Black Thoughts freestyle with Funk Master Fleck was whack? He said a few things, but he ain't Colin Kaepernick us to death, nigga. You and you don't either, Joe. Like, come on, pump, pump, pump it up. Which is really kind of like your biggest hit record commercial wise. 
you know, maybe later on in your career you have evolved into somebody that got something to say. But stop acting like every time you get on the mic you got the greatest shit to say because you don't, because you dope too. Eminem is dope too, but not a lot of y'all motherfuckers got anything to say, to be quite honest and truthful. So I disagree with Joe on that point, that Eminem don't say anything. He say a lot of shit. He say a lot of shit that's dope. And he say a lot of shit that's just as dope as the reason why we listen to Rakim and the reason why we listen to Kane. And, and the reason why we listen to Melly Mel and the reason why we listen to Kaz and we listen to Mo D and we, and we listen to LL and we listen to Run and all of the motherfuckers that came before all of you motherfuckers, Eminem is like a white Mike Tyson of hip hop. Like the motherfuckers are stooping of the game. Like you be, you be far fetched to find a motherfucker that don't know box, that know boxing better than Mike Tyson. That's what I was trying to say, especially at the top of his game. He's a student, and M was a student of hip-hop. That's why he's so fucking good at it. And, you know, like a lot of motherfuckers, he found his voice, and he rock out, and he's doing his thing. And fortunate for us, think of that word again, that we get to hear a motherfucker like Eminem spit, and we get to hear a person like Joe um, evolved, from just being a rapper and just being on a reality show to really having a platform to say something. And he got a right to his opinion. I just don't agree with his fucking opinion on Eminem. Still love him. My wife and his mother are tight. I still love Joe. And this ain't no shade throwing at Joe. Like, I don't want to get into a verbal back and forth with Joe Budden because one of you internets go out there and tell Joe Budden, oh, Ed was dissing you on his podcast. No, I wasn't. I just have a difference of opinion with Joe Button when it comes to Eminem. But that's what this shit is about. That's why we have these platforms so we can have differences of opinion. Like, I probably got a big difference of opinion with a lot of people with this Cardi B, Nicki Minaj shit. Because I am personally one person that thinks you can go too far in your disrespect for somebody else. I remember when I was at Power 105 and Star and Buck Wild was on in the morning. And uh, actually, they was on Hot 97 at first when I was on Power 105 for a while. We were rivals in the radio world. And Star said some slick shit about me and I ran into him backstage and I was really ready to fight this nigga, right? And my man, I gave my man to like hold my son because I'm really ready to, to fight this nigga right now. And um, and then I remember when Star came over to Power 105 and I was there in the mornings. They, now, Star might have a different way of seeing things because revisionist history is, is also something else, right? The whole Angie Martinez book with Tupac and me coming in and some of y'all, just because Angie said it, y'all believe that I called Puff to stop her interview that she did with Tupac. That shit never fucking happened. And I'll take that to my grave. Because if you read that book, you see that I sent my man Big Special to go with her to L.A. Because she'd never been to L.A. before. So why I don't give a fuck about what Tupac said about Puff. Pac was my friend. So revisionist history, people going to see things one way. 
I didn't even have the power to stop that fucking interview. Nor was me and Puff so close that I had his phone number like that to even call Bad Boy or call him personally. So that story right there is bullshit. I'm not mad at Angie. That's the way she see it. But the way I see it, that shit never fucking happened. And I'm tired of motherfuckers hitting me on social media, asking me about it, and telling me this, telling me that about what Angie said or what the fuck Tupac said about Stretch. When a motherfucker is mad, he's going to say any fucking thing. It doesn't mean it's true. And that's why I don't really talk about Tupac too much and Stretch because I was there. They both were grown men. They both dead. All three of them now were friends of dead. Biggie too, and they all three of them made fucking mistakes. Nobody is a god. Nobody's perfect. Everybody was young, and everybody made mistakes. I'm 10 years older than the motherfuckers. I was way more mature than all three of them. I watched Biggie make mistakes. I watched fucking Pac make mistakes, and I watched Stretch make mistakes. So don't talk to me like you were around in those days when you weren't about what Tupac said about Stretch after Stretch was already dead, when he wasn't there to defend himself. Or don't come to me and tell me what Angie said that I supposedly, allegedly did concerning Tupac. Because I'm telling you, I didn't do it. And I don't see it that way. I don't remember it that way. And I'll take it to my grave. And I've yet to have a conversation with Angie Martinez about it. Because when she's supposed to come to Atlanta to promote her book on my radio station for some reason, she didn't make it. And I'm not saying she personally... I'm not saying she purposely didn't make it, but I did want to have a conversation about with her about that book. Because I'm telling you, I didn't see it that way. I don't remember it that way. And, the, and another person that I know that would know whether or not it happened that way, which is the big special, my man Glenn Burgess, is dead also of a heart attack. So it's revisionist history. It's the way she see it through her vision versus the way I see it. In my vision. And I will drop a book one day and talk about a whole lot of shit. Okay, the only person that had the power to stop that interview was Steve Smith. And he's the one that stopped. That ain't fucking thing to do with me. And I'm fucking tired of answering the shit. Nothing to do with me. I never even heard the fucking interview in its entirety. So if I, if I allegedly poked my head in the door while she was doing it, what could I hear that was so... That would make me want to call Puff. Why the fuck would I want to call Puff? I didn't have no beef with Tupac at that time. That was my man. We were cool. Regardless of what was going on with them. I stayed neutral. I stayed out of everybody's bullshit. Because I was friends with both sides. But that's another story altogether about why that shit should have never even happened in the fucking first place. And I'll leave it to the people that's alive. Like C's, um, all of them Puff, all of them to tell... The truth, but y'all seem to not want to accept the fact that although we loved Tupac and although we loved his music, that he made mistakes and he was in the wrong at some times also. So it's all revisionist history the way you look at it. So me telling this story, this is my what I remember from my story of when Stone Buck Wild came to power, and I had a meeting with my bosses. And they tried to put me and Star together in the morning. I said, it's not going to work. Well, they said, well, we have an opportunity to get somebody huge like Star. I said, well, go for it. Go for it. I'll move to the afternoons. I'm fine with that. As long as my money don't change, I'm good. 
So I moved to the afternoons because we had an opportunity as a station to get somebody with the star power that Star had. That's after the Hot 97 debacle when he did the shit with Aaliyah and then he had some contract disputes. 9-11 happened. That's the only thing that saved him there with the plane crashing and the sounds and all of that burning sound, right? People forgot about that because of 9-11. That's when Miss Jones started and went out on her own because she got frustrated with the shit. And then he left Hot 97. He was doing his thing for a while, different places, MTV and stuff. And then we had an opportunity to get him. They brought him here. Then he said the shit about Envy's daughter on the air. And they had to get him off the air because Envy's wife went and got with one of the uh, councilmen of New York City. It was this whole big major shit fucking shit fest that happened when Star was gone because of the Envy thing. And then Envy ends up at Power 105. He was at Hot 97 at the time. But that's what I'm telling you. There's, there's shit that you can take too far. And for me, and I think for Cardi, it's, and I think for a lot of other people, it's the kids, man. When you start talking about people's kids and you bring people's kids into it, People were out there saying, no, Nikki never said nothing about Cardi's kids or nothing like that or, or publicly. And then Nikki got on her Queen radio show. And this girl is from Southside Jamaica, Queens. I'm from Northside, Hollis, Desert, whatever you want to call it, Shadyville, what they call Queens Village, Farmers, all of that. That's the Northside. I'm from that side. Fifth is from Southside. Back in the days, we had beef, but generally, we support each other. Tribe is from the Linden Boulevard area and all of that. We pretty much support each other. And I've been very vocal about my support for Nicki Minaj, her new album, everything. Even through the years when Peter Rosenberg, who at that time, in my opinion, wasn't qualified to fucking say who's hip-hop and who ain't hip-hop, said Nicki Minaj wasn't hip-hop. I was very vocal about supporting her and saying, yeah, the fuck she is. Why ain't she? And who the fuck are you to say who hip-hop and who ain't hip-hop? What have you done to change the course of hip-hop for the world? Nothing. You ain't one of the four. You ain't Chuck D from Public Enemy. You don't have that right. You ain't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You ain't even going to be in the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame. Nicki Minaj is hip-hop. But in this instant, I can see why Cardi B threw her shoe out and want to fight her. I can see that. She's a brand new mom. Brand new mom. You don't want people talking about your kids. And then Nick went on her show, Queen Radio, and said, I would never talk about nobody's kids. I didn't do that. I would never say. You talked about Remy's kid. And you're disrecking back towards Remy. I think that's got to be a line there, man. Battle rap has always been there. With Jay going at, Fucking Mob Deep, Mob Deep going back at Jay, Jay going at Nas, called them a lame. Jay called Nas the faggot model. You can't even say faggot no more. And excuse me for saying it, but I'm using it in reference to what the battle rap was. He called them the faggot, faggot model for Esco, which was a clothing line back in the, in the 90s. You can't say that shit. But he never... He said that he skied off on Nas's baby's car seat, and that was too far then. Remy said to 
Nikki said to Remy, what kind of mom leaves her son for a lousy stack? You don't even mention people, kids, yo. You said it. I'm paraphrasing, but you can't say you never said nothing about people, kids. In the annals of hip-hop, that shit is a low blow. Look at Tupac and Biggie. Right? You claim to be a gangster, but I fucked your wife. Fair game. J.K. Minaj, you know what? Did you know who will leave that between me and you for now? I fucked your baby mother, Carmen. And Nas was like, I don't give a fuck. I wasn't with the bitch anyway at that time. So if she want to thought, 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 you want to fuck her, nobody cares. But Rockefeller died of AIDS. That was his last chapter. And that's the motherfucker y'all name your company after. Oh, I get it. I rock hoes and y'all rock fellas. Alluding to maybe Jay and them and that whole crew was less than manly, I should say. But that still is okay to say. Jay told Mob Deep, you little fuckers, I got money stacks bigger than you. You as a ballerina, I got the picture I seen you. Don't be the next motherfucker on that Summer Jam screen. When he put the picture of Prodigy up when Prodigy was dancing at his grandmother's school. That's all fair game when it comes to motherfucking hip hop. It's all fair. Ask E-40 about the time they booked a show, a fake show for Biggie because him and Biggie had beef and they was going to fucking kill Biggie. Now, my man Hawk, who was Biggie's road manager, has often told that story. You probably can find that story on YouTube someplace. That's how serious this shit got. That E-40 and them was going to kill Biggie. Hammer, you've heard Search talk about on my show how Hammer was going to, Hammer and his crew, his brother and them, was going to fucking kill. Not hurt, maim, fight, kill third base. A hit out on third base. A fucking hit on third base. Allegedly, that's how Mike Concepcion got his seats at the American Music Awards. Uh, One of the biggest crips ever next to Michael Jackson to help squash that motherfucking beef right there. (laughs) There's been a lot of shit that goes on and we've been fortunate enough to go that word again to be a part of it. But there is a certain line that you cross. That's why when you write, you write. When you're wrong, some motherfucker got to tell you that you're wrong. Fifth descent will never, ever, no matter what, be friends with Irv Gotti, Ja Rule, anybody from that camp. He firmly believes they are the reason he was shot nine times. He believes that. That beef is everlasting. Them two dudes will never be friends. Even though after Chris Lighty died, Fat Joe and Fifth had dumb beef. They made it right because of both of their loves for the late, great Chris Lighty, who was managing both of them at the time. If you don't know who Chris Lighty is, was, what he did for the music business, Google it. I don't have time to go through his whole resume. Them motherfuckers had beef because of Joe being in Rules Video for New York. I was in the video too. I asked Fifth, are you mad at me? He said, nah, you ain't a rapper, OG. 
You ain't a rapper. I ain't, I can never be mad at you. You OG Bobby Johnson. And me and Fifth still cool to this day. But that's where the Jadakiss beef came from, too. But I don't remember, and maybe y'all probably listened to this podcast and do the research and was like, yo, niggas, let's talk about each other's kids. But some people, when it comes to that shit, a lot of people don't, they feel like that's where you draw the line. Like, don't bring my kids into us. Don't don't bring my family and shit into this, man. Come, You, you got beef. You got beef with me. Talk about how whack I am. Talk about my record sales. Talk about how ugly I am, how fat I am. I'm slow. I'm dim-witted. I'm slew-footed, spaghetti-head, dumb-looking, ugly motherfucker, stupid-ass, dick-brain, fat, fat motherfucker. Stay off that E. Remember that shit? Then fucking what you call it, jumped in that beef at that time, um, bust around, yo, Jeffrey. Why the fuck you gotta fuck with me? That shit was on. That shit was on for real. Like, it was on. We lost two of our most major motherfuckers behind a dumbass beef. That didn't need to happen. But there are lines that can't be crossed. And we are fortunate enough, they got that fortunate enough, they got that word again. To have been witness to some more classic, classic beef. LL and MOD, classic as fuck. Jay and Nas, classic. Meek Mill and Drake, they just made up on stage. Everybody was like, ah, oh, it's a pussy move. Nah, shit was whack. Nah, that wasn't a pussy move. If Jay Z and Nas can make up, why the fuck can't Meek Mill and Drake? That wasn't a fucking pussy move. That was a that was a grown ass man move. That was two motherfuckers that see that what is this beef gonna get us but all of you little sideline motherfuckers who ain't even really in this hip hop. You you not you not industry. You like it, you love it, but you a fringe ass motherfucker. Okay? A lot of fringe ass motherfuckers like to talk. Like to talk. But you're not part of the game. So really what you're saying, you ain't no veteran. You ain't no motherfucking OG. You ain't you ain't going into the motherfucking Hall of Fame. You ain't Dame Dash. You ain't fucking Biggs. You ain't Jay. You ain't Nas. You ain't Steve Stout. You're not Puff. You're not Mace. You're not Fat Five Freddy. You're not Melly Mel, Scorpio, so Sonic Force, Uncle Luke, Ghetto Boys, Outcasts. You're not one of them motherfuckers like that. That changed big Blue Williams. Shout out to Blue. You're not even Combat Jack. You you trying to get down. You're not Drake. You're not Rick Ross. You're not Lil Wayne. You ain't baby. You're not Master P. You're not them. You're a fringe motherfucker that just like to continue shit. You're not 50. You're not, no. You like to continue shit, so you always want to say some dumb shit. Yeah. First of all, you're probably just an internet troll, a motherfucker that got some followers but trying to get your followers up so hard that you're willing to just jump on the internet and say anything, but you don't have any qualifications to say the shit you're saying. I think... 
it's a grown-ass man move. Just the same way I thought that Jay and Nas coming together as grown men was a great fucking move for hip-hop because we are under the microscope so much, y'all. Like, y'all don't, you know, you don't really understand because a lot of times you are in your own world, right? Like, we are in our own world. And sometimes Kanye West says some dumb shit that pisses me off and I can't stand the motherfucker and I want to punch him in the face. But a lot of other shit that I agree with what Kanye say, being your own person and, and thinking for yourself because this dude has been around the world and he's seen a lot of shit. And so have I. And I've been around the world and I've seen a lot of shit. And once you understand the way people emulate African-Americans in this country, the way they look at us, the way we are portrayed, being such a small percentage of the population. Remember back in the days, KRS-One said, now you got white boys calling themselves nigga. The tables turned as the crosses burn. Remember, you must learn. Y'all remember that lyric if you're a real hip-hop loving motherfucker? I don't care how old you are. Um, my point of the matter is once you see this world, you understand the influence that we have on the entire world, and even in the United States where we are not the majority, we're the minority, but we have a huge influence on culture, on pop culture and all of that shit. That's why when you see Meek and Drake not, you know, this motherfucker can't come to Philly, I'ma kill him, it's a thousand dudes outside strapped up, ready to shoot up Drake's tour bus or whatever, and when they connect to each other and say, hey bro, come on stage and do dreams and nightmares, I know you've been through a lot of shit, I apologize for my part, what I said about you. I apologize what I said about you. Yeah, bro, I would love to jump on your stage. That shit's past tense. That's grown man B.I. That's what that is. That's grown man shit. Grown man. I don't fuck what Buttons and M say about each other right now. They may be a reach out. The reach out may have happened already. I don't give a fuck with Nikki and, and Cardi beefing about right now. That reach out might happen. Imagine, imagine if them two would just put this dumb shit to the side and fucking did a smash ass record together. Maybe this whole beef is setting us up. That's why we're talking about this shit. Maybe they setting us up for them to keep beefing and to do the move that little Kim and Foxy was never able to do. Besides some remixes when they weren't even in the studio together, but just a collaborative effort or a real, not one of those collaborations where Cardi had sent Nikki the track and Nikki had jump on it and then Nikki sent it back to Cardi. Not one of those, but a real collaborative effort where they shake the whole industry up by doing a real eight record EP together and cashing out together as grown women. And leaving all the bullshit to the side. Before the gunplay gets real. Before we lose two more people. I understand Cardi being in her feelings at that moment. I understand it. And people, this is shit that killed me. Oh, that was a bad look because of where it was at. It shouldn't have been done there. Where should it have been done? The BET Awards? The Trumpet Awards? So you can do dumb shit at black people shit, but you can't do dumb shit if you feel like you got real beef at the Harper's Bazaar shit. Why? Oh, those are upper echelon people. Who the fuck is... Oh. Oh, we so fucking dumb sometimes. Well, we don't even feel worthy until white people stamp us enough to invite us to the Harper's Bazaar 
Harper's Bazaar fucking fashion shit. You little monkey. You're a fucking monkey to them. You're entertainment. If you didn't rap, do the fuck you think you'd be invited to that shit? You're entertainment. They don't look at you as somebody that's intellectually on their level because of what you've been able to do with your mind. You're not a Fortune 500 big-ass American Express type of company owner. That's why you got invited. You got invited because you're the monkey for the fucking moment. So that's why whatever Cardi popped off it, fuck it. Pop off that bullshit. Who them people? Because Cardi know, and I think Nikki forgot sometimes, they don't give a fuck about her. There'll be another in a couple of years if she don't keep them records popping the way they popping, her career popping. There'll be some other young fucking rapper there so they can just feel good about themselves rubbing elbows with with people that they feel is lower than them. And we just fucking buy the shit. Oh, that shit was so exclusive. That's not the place to do that. It's so, what what you gonna wait you gonna disrespect the BT Awards or what you gonna the NAACP Image Awards? That's fine to do it there. If it if it ain't cool to do it, it ain't cool to do it at all. Don't say it ain't cool to do it because those people at upper echelon, the fuck out of here, man. Don't let nobody stamp you. You should be happy if you good with your people. Was well, okay to do it at the Roots picnic? Like, come on, man. Come on. Come on. The main problem that's always with hip-hop and beef has always been the people that beef with each other are scared to face each other face-to-face like men or like women and really work it out. Cardi was trying to work it out in her own way. But like she said, motherfuckers pop shit on the record and they pussy when you see them. It's been that way for a long time. It's not, this shit just didn't start happening, Cardi. Motherfuckers been popping shit on record and been pussy when you see them a long time. There's a lot of artists out there that can tell you this shit to be true. There's a lot of people out there that got a lot of stories about people they had beef with that they confronted and the motherfuckers talked their way out of the fucking beef. Ah, it's just hip hop. After you done said all that shit about me, I'm a this, I'm a that. When you see me, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Don't get wrapped up in plastic. When it happens, that's it. Da, 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 da. And whoever said whatever in a record, I'll just quote it, Jay. But whoever said whatever, motherfucker, don't fuck with me, whatever. Who shot you? Separate the weak from the obsolete, you know, all that shit. All of that shit that we have been around to see. All of that shit. I, I don't always agree with everything that all of my peers or people that I know, I don't always agree with everything that they say. But I respect them. I respect them and for them to be able to say it. That's what this whole shit is about. That's what these platforms are about. You know, our ability to, to say what we want to say, when we want to say it. And also for us to be able to come back off of it later on and be like, damn, that shit was fucked up. Maybe I should have called this dude before I said this shit. 
and uh, had an opportunity to talk to him. Like, some shit is, like, real, like, fucking real, you know. Sometimes a beef is warranted. A lot of times in hip-hop, a beef is not warranted. And it seems like nowadays, a lot of motherfuckers just try to make their name off of beefing with somebody. Like, you know, it's like after all of these times, if somebody wanted to do a record that was under my tutelage or under my umbrella of production, and they just went in on Jay. You know, or went in on Nas. And niggas would look at me like, yo, Eddie Mac, yo, what the fuck? Like, ain't that your man? Ain't he in your camp? How you gonna let him go in on me like that? And that's what I think Drake was saying about Kanye. Like, ain't Pusha underneath you? Like, ain't Pusha your president or your label? Like, how you just gonna let this nigga go in like that with on me? And me and you supposed to be cool. Pusha crossed the line, in my opinion, talking about Drake's kid. I thought that warranted a smackdown. I really did. Did I think Drake would smack Pusha T down? Nah. I didn't think so. But I did think that warranted a confrontation. Like a real, like, bro, let me holler at you, bro. Like, that kind of shit is below the belt. That's below the belt shit. I understand now that dudes, I know I'm an OG. I line crossing is just line. It don't give there is no rules. Now nah, this shit is a blur, but you gotta be able to face the consequences after what comes out your mouth about people's children. You know? I have beef with you. I ain't got no beef with your kid. Like maybe I don't like the shit you say. But no beef with your child to call your child out or Fucking social media got niggas beefing like, oh, you liking that picture? Like, there's some bitch on there that said, you know, look at, you know, Ed's corny ass daughter running track in college. And, and I see that you like that shit. You hit the like button on it. So you pretty much agreeing with what she's saying. Or Ed is too dumb to be able to raise a baby. And you hit the like button. You kind of, you jabbing. You are. You taking a fucking toothpick and you stop. And you keep sticking me in the fucking leg. You are. You are. Now, when I see you, I got to have a conversation with you. And we got to talk about this shit or we going to have to just be, let the knuckles in the shoes fly. You get fed up. You get to a point where you you get fed the fuck up. Now you, you know, don't bring the, come on, man. That's, that's, that's over the line. That's over the line. Drake and Meek, I don't think went over the line. I think Pusher went over the line. Talking about Drake's kid. I did. I did. I listened to it. I listened to it. I don't think Machine Gun Kelly went over the line. I don't think M went over the line. I don't think Joe Budden went over the line. At all. Lupe Fiasco saying he could bust both of their ass in the battles over the line. I don't think I believe that, Lupe. I don't think I believe that. I'm not underestimating you. I just don't think you can fuck him and him up in a battle. I still think you don't, but I, I don't. I don't think so. I just, I don't. I like Lupe Fiasco too. I, I just, I just don't. I don't. I don't think a lot of motherfuckers want no smoke with Black Thought though. I think he's one of the most underrated motherfuckers in any kind. I think Black Thought will intellectually destroy a lot of motherfuckers. But I don't think a lot of motherfuckers want to smoke with Eminem either. That's just my opinion. 
no, good, hard battle record. Shit, that's hard to do, B. That's hard to do. Ask anybody. That shit hard, man. A lot of people can rap like a motherfucker. A lot ain't good with diss records or battle rap. A lot of people just ain't, man. And then when they get into this shit, they ain't got no record, but it seemed like you damn near don't need a record nowadays. You just need to get a, set your phone up and look into the phone and curse a motherfucker out. Well, I do appreciate the art of the battle rap. I really do. Long as you're not really going fucking ham on people when they're kids and, you know. No. Pac knew that shit. He said to Biggie, you know, he went off Biggie and Junior Mafia and Lil' Cam and Mark Ass Busters and I Fucked Your Wife. But Big had a kid with Faith at that time. He didn't mention Big's kids. Tiana was born and Lil' Chris was there. He didn't mention the man's kids. That, you know, you don't. You motherfucking just don't do that, B. Okay? Don't fucking do it. And to be a part of this whole shit that we call hip-hop, and that's what this platform is for, um, and that's what comments are for, so people can leave comments. And you may not agree with everything that I said, and you may question some of the shit that I said. And I didn't delve deep into a lot of the, the subject because I'm going to make y'all wait for the book. All right? Especially with the Tupac stretch, Biggie shit, the, the uh, Angie Martinez shit. I'm going to straighten all that out when I write this book. But for now, you heard my opinion on that. That's revisionist history, and I don't never knock anybody for what they remember or how they remember something. Because it's going to be different than the way I remember it. And um, a lot of my people might remember it differently, differently that was around at the time. Um, so that's that for this podcast, man. Um, rest in peace, Combat Jack, the overseer, oversees my podcast from heaven. Big shout out to everybody in the loudspeaker network. A-King, what up, my dude? I appreciate you as well, bro. I know a lot of times I, I kind of focus on Jack a lot, and I don't say it to you, A-King. But I pre- appreciate you. Premium Pete, shout out to you, bro. Krista Hayes, love you, darling. Everybody else, see the God that's on the network, Ange on the network, everybody that that's tax stone, we still think about you too, bro. Everybody that's on this loudspeaker network, in my opinion, the best fucking network in podcasting, point blank. Period. Everybody that got a show on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful loudspeaker network. We call the loudspeaker network not because you listen to us out of your loudspeakers, because we some loudspeaking motherfuckers. Some very opinionated motherfuckers. And we we love it. But if it's too much cursing, man, don't play this in front of your kids. Listen to it in your headphones or your earphones, your earbuds, and when you're working out or whatever you're doing, man. My name is Ed Love. I approve this message 100%. Come on, son. It's the name of the podcast. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. You already know what it is. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you with you too and about your ass next Monday. All right? All right. Come on, son. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm out. 
This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.